Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Boss Podcast. Another episode here where we're big on saving souls. P4, got my boy Timmy B over here. And today, Tim, I'm excited, man. I'm so excited. It's about to be fired today. Uh, we got someone very, very special. We're shooting this faith conference uh, here at our church uh, this week. Today starts off the kickoff night. But we got somebody special, man. I, I got to, to know him just a little bit. And I'm excited for the future uh, connection that we get to make here. And so we brought our boy, Pastor Will Gutierrez. <laughs> Gutierrez is here. Yeah, give him a round of applause here, man. There, yeah, we're so excited. Uh, Pastor Will, man, we're excited, man. How you doing? Well, I'm blessed to be here. Um, I'm definitely grateful not only to be invited to the church, but to have the opportunity to uh, speak right here on yeah. this boss podcast and just encourage some folks so let's go yes man one thing i learned about pastor will last night my man got energy for days we got we got energy drinks this man don't need no energy drink yeah. this boy at 10 o'clock my wife was falling asleep just <laughs> she was so tired we sleep at eight o'clock at our house but nah but pastor will had so just a good good conversation last night and um, and for me, I grew just in that time. I went home thinking, couldn't barely sleep just from the wisdom that you uh, you shared. And so your your, your story um, on how um, God has moved in your life has been amazing, man. And I think so many people need to hear it. I'm sure a lot of people have. Um, he's a pastor, a husband, a uh, what do you uh, what do you call that? Motivational speaker, or he travels around the world. He went to the East Coast um, and just just came back from the East Coast, right? And so he was able to share the word there, and it's just amazing to see uh, God move in, in such a young man. I can say because you're younger than me, and I, I thought he was older than me. Uh, he's a little bit younger than me. <laughs> I'm getting old, I think, man. But uh, just a little younger than me, and just out here just spitting fire. Uh, just, just straight directly from the throne of God. And so for me, man, like I'm excited to have you here, not only for tonight, but also this opportunity um, to share your story, uh, your testimony. Is, I'm telling you, man, it's crazy. I was like, bro, I don't even have enough faith now. I need to get my faith up, charged up. So I just want to hear some about that and also just some conversation that we had last night, just the things that, uh, you know, you shared with us and um, how to help us grow. Yep. And so uh, Will's from what, L.A., yep. La, La Puente. That's what they say. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Will. Yeah. So uh, first of all, born into a home where there was no no faith, there was no uh, belief or surrenderance to Jesus. Both of my parents at the time were addicted to drugs. Mm. Um, I was born with a disease. A doctor said mm. I would never speak. I'll die at a young age from suffocation. I've had over 70 surgeries on my throat. Um one day my mom hi right she just said lord if i could hear my son's voice i'll go to church that yeah. was her prayer she was high she was high yeah <sighs> now i'm not going to mention all the drugs yeah. but uh they were heavy drugs it wasn't no cigarette weed <laughs> uh, but uh in that time there was no belief in our home there was mm. no faith in our home but there was hope for me to get better. Yeah. Uh, I, at that time I, I had already over maybe uh, 30 surgeries by the time I was five years old. Oh um, so I was in and out of the hospital as a child. I had surgeries every two weeks. Uh, so my mom said a prayer. She said, Lord, if I could just hear my son's voice, I'll, I'll go to church. And literally less than 48 hours later, as she was laying in bed, I came into her room and I said, mom, for the first time I whispered mom and she freaked out. Damn. And um, it would be not even 12 hours later that their drug connection would come to the door with tears running down his eyes. And my mom and dad thinking they were going to score some more dope. 
him saying, I gave my life to Jesus yesterday and I want to invite you guys to church. Oh. And it was after my mom had just made a commitment that if she heard my voice, she would go to church. And um, my dad was like, yeah, let's go. And uh, they went to church, emptied wow. their pockets of drugs, of, of all, all addiction, just laid it at the altar. And uh, from there, man, they just surrendered their lives to Jesus and man. went forward. Uh, unfortunately for me, I didn't know how to surrender. I was just a kid, but at the same time, I was, they say scientifically, you learn about 90% of who you are, your likes, your dislikes, mm. um, your communication skills. By the time you're five years old, you, you pick that all up. Uh, so unfortunately for me, I was raised in a home of addiction, problems, issues. My parents always at each other's necks. Yeah. Um, a lot of hatred, a lot of addiction. Uh, my dad in and out of jail, just different things like that. Yeah. So what I picked up was hard for me to break off. Yeah. And mm. I continued in that vicious cycle of trying to find my worth, trying to find my value uh, through life. And even though they were raising me in church and trying to raise me to be a good kid, I was the kid burning, you know, the church trash can. Gosh. I was the kid kicking the teachers and, and running out of the church building, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> screaming and yelling at everybody because I didn't want to be there. And uh, as I got even got going into my teenage years, I was just rebellious yeah. and I got myself involved in a lot, a lot of bad things. Man, that's crazy. The crazy thing I, I, I like that just caught my attention is I feel like what your mom did is what a lot of us do is god if you do this then then yeah. i'll come to you you know i, I just said that a few sundays ago it's like a lot of us as we say that like we kind of just throw it out there like lord i promise if you come through this one time i will surrender my life to you but how amazing it is that god brings someone the the drug connect the drug plug and knock on the door in tears and saying man i'm surrendering my life to god and so that's amazing. I didn't even know that part of the story. And so, like, first of all, 70 surgeries in what? How many years is that? So I kept having surgeries all the way through my teenage years. And when I, uh, you know, fast forward, there was a time where I started to have faith, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I said, I'm, I'm never going to have a surgery again. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did have one after I had my, my first son. Um, I, I had a surgery. So that was probably like uh, eight years ago, seven years ago. Mm. Was the last surgery? Last surgery. Oh. Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. So can you kind of like describe that? Like, what does that look like as a kid growing up and having all those surgeries? Like, how was your school life like? Oh, man. And your interaction with different kids? So, as a kid, my voice was like, I was like the godfather, you know? <laughs> my name's Will. Uh, and everybody would just make fun of me all the time. So when I was in school, you know, I, man, I still got the looks till this day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm the flyest guy. You know what I'm but that didn't matter. You know, I would always be teased. I would always be made fun of. And um, uh, it was unfortunate because uh, when I was in school, they'd be like, you know, hey, Godfather or mm. Mr. Frog or like just just. You had nicknames. I had all yeah. these nicknames. Miranda was one of them. <laughs> uh, all the all the all the kids even at church, you know, Sunday school, they would be making fun of me, teasing me all the time. So it was just one of those deals where um, I had to find my escape route. Like how how do I put an end to that? So you know, even as a kid, my dad always had me like kickboxing, boxing. Oh like, yeah. You know, if anybody ever puts their hands on you, you could hit them back. Well, I didn't wait for people to put their hands on me. <laughs> I was always putting my hands on people. And because I was learning, you know, these, uh, you know, martial arts skills or whatever, I was, I was just finding myself always in violence, always, always at 
at the yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, the principal knew me by name, <laughs> and it was just a bad uh, situation. And rebellion became my identity. Yeah. You know, I was just a rebellious kid. Yeah. You know, and, and it stemmed even into my teenage years. But uh, it, it really did. Uh, my my self confidence was very low. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't confident in myself. I wasn't confident in who I was. I wasn't in confident. I wasn't confident in the way I looked, the way I dressed. The, you know, I grew up in a home with a lot of poverty, so all my clothes were hand-me-downs from my older brother, mm. and uh, those were all used up. So yeah. you know, it just my confidence and my appearance and the way I sound, the way I, the way I looked, the, just everything was very low. And because of that, I, I felt like I needed to have this other identity uh, that was violent and that was mean that was angry uh so yeah th that's just how how i grew up and how i was so it kind of like created some kind of like insecurity but anger was coming out instead For of sure. uh instead of love like as your parents because yeah. your, did your parents when once they got saved was it just all in at that time after that or oh yeah so <laughs> i would say this it's like the the church that we kind of grew up in it kind of like forced you to go like zero to 100 it was like oh. hey you were you <laughs> gave everything to the devil in the world you better give everything to jesus uh -huh. you know so my parents really went to this extreme like church was you know wednesday and sunday but there was friday night oh. this Saturday every day morning, yeah 5 a.m bible <laughs> prayer you know and and Monday, Monday was sister so and so get together. Tuesdays, brother so and so get together. And yeah. Like so, it was like you know seven days a week, man. You're and they just, call it fellow fellowshipping. You're just, <laughs> you're, just, you're, just, you're just drenched in fellowship. <laughs> yeah, if that's what you call it. It was like it, it was ridiculous, and like honestly, I felt myself always like wanting to get away from that yeah. surrounding, mm. not because. Uh, you know, there wasn't healthy things in it or there wasn't good uh, community there. I just felt like um, everybody, everyone else was more important than me mm. to my parents. That's good. You know, uh, and then when they got involved in ministry, it was like always trying to live up to this status. So, you know, brother Peter, brother John and, you know, <laughs> brother Jose, those are those are those are the people, you know, we're going to be around every single day for the next 36 hours, like, <laughs> you know, 30, 25 days out of this month. Like, that's how it's going to be. And then I was always starving for attention. Mm. Mm. I was always starving for affection and care. Affirmation. And, you know, affirmation yeah. from, my, from, from my parents. And I felt like it was always given to everybody else within the church. And it was very unhealthy. Mm. And, yeah. and because of that, rebellion grew. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I was going to yeah. get my attention from my parents somehow, some way. By the time I was, you know, uh, 13 years old, I had the gang unit come and arrest me at my middle school. Damn. Like I was, I was, I would try to be good though. Like there was part of me that wanted to be good. Yeah. Like I don't know. I just, but I couldn't be good. <coughs> yeah. I, I, I was filled with this evil and this rebellion and this hatred, um, this anxiety, this this self worth that just I didn't know how to how to really function. Yeah. Without getting attention. Now talk about that when you when you talk about like because I feel like a lot of people have that sometimes especially with people who grew up in the hood or who grew up you know kind of in poverty or you've seen your parents my parents have been in church all my life but I can't really say I've seen like a saved parent until we kind of moved to Oklahoma when we went to Rainwa 
And I'm like, man, this is different than the, the parents I've seen in San Francisco, right? And so I didn't know if it was the the place that we went to or Oklahoma is, I mean, the stores close at eight for church. Like everyone's going to church. Like that's just what it is. Liquor is, you don't sell it at grocery stores there. Like everything was different. The whole community was different. And I feel like so many people, we hold this thing in and we say we have hatred or, um, you know, even with parents, with us being, being fathers. And I want to talk about that as well later is how we're, we're, we are parents and we father our kids and we father our, you know, our daughters and we're trying to show them love and affirmation but there's some people, especially young people, we hold that in and create this anger sure. and this uh, we're, we're in search for attention. Right. And um, we have it, it creates insecurities. But when you talked about anger, was it ever anger towards God or do you think it was like more of anger towards you're not just getting that affection? And yeah, so it's 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 mixed emotions because mm. a lot of my anger I knew was towards even uh, it was towards my parents, mm. but it was also towards myself uh, because I That's felt good. like I didn't measure up, like I wasn't enough. Yeah. Um, uh, Why did I have to go through a lot of the things that I went through? And then anger towards God because I'm like, God, if you're real, if you're real, mm. why do I have to go through all these surgeries? If you're yeah. real, mm. why do I have to go through all this hardship and all the all this pain? If you're real, why can't my family be financially stable? If, yeah. if you're real, why, 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 you know, why do I got to go sweep up hair at the barbershop just to make, you know, $16 <laughs> yeah. buy groceries for my house? Yeah. Like, cause that's what it was. That's really what it was like for me is like, um, it, so yes, I had anger towards my family. I had anger towards, um, myself, I had anger towards God. Uh, I was, but I was just angry at the world, mm. you know, and, and in all reality, it, it's like allowing the enemy to have a hold of my life yeah. in so many areas of my life and those insecurities were boiling up and becoming greater than than anything else around me mm, that's good i, I want to talk about that that moment where it clicked so like, we're talking about everything that you've been going through like as a kid but like when was that moment where like you where you meet christ where turning point yeah yeah the turning point well so <clears throat> like mm. i said there was times i remember being 15 years old where I want it to be good. Mm. Like I mm. want it to be good. Like I want it to, to, to turn the corner. And, and, um, there was this evangelist that, that so it, it's, it's hard, but there was this evangelist <laughs> coming into town. Yeah. He was going to be preaching at my parents, um, church conference. You know, they're pastors of a church now at this time. And, um, I am 16 about to be, 17 years old and again i had these ups and downs these moments where i wanted to be good yeah um i had gone through this season of great difficulty so one of my closest friends he was murdered um through gang violence and then the girl i was actually talking to at the time we were kind of dating I would you know pick pick her up from school she lived three houses down from me by the way. Uh, so I'd pick her up from school in my ride dog <laughs> you know, uh, my feet uh, so I would pick her up for walk school. by faith I would walk by faith with her to school walk her back home walk her to school walk her back home and um you know we started to talk and date whatever and um 
I didn't know that she was going through some crazy stuff in her home. You know, there was some, you know, sexual um, abuse that was taking place and molestation that she went through. And she had never shared that with me. One day, my mom calls me up and she says, son, you need to get home immediately. And I'm like, what's going on? I get to my street and it's literally taped off, caution tape. And at her home, um, they roll out a body and it happened to be her. She actually hung herself in the restroom. Oh, my gosh. And... Um, it was at that time where I just went like nose diving into like I just hate the world, I hate everyone, I never want to do anything for for my parents, my family, God, nothing. Uh, but there was event this evangelist coming into town, and my dad. I remember one day he's like, "Hey, I know you're going through a lot, but you know I want you to know that I love you." Now my dad never told me he loved me. By the way, it's <laughs> like they just you know my dad was always like macho you know yeah. we, we're just tough we're just strong you know you're gonna get through suck it up you know <laughs> you can do it you know? all dads <laughs> so um he tells me you know I, I want you to know that i love you and that i'm here for you and um you know you, you, you need to get get some things right and he's like hey wednesday night we're having this evangelist come and i'm like man i don't want to hear about it. no evangelist i don't even want to go i, I don't want to hear it that next night Remember, uh, I had gone through the season, so the, the girl passes away. My buddies, he had just was killed the week before. So this is all. Oh, it's this, just all in one this time. Is all in oh. one one month. Like this is all happening. So I remember I was just filled with so much anger. I remember I I, I got one of my guns. I, I I had it in the back of my pants. I had my backpack. I had uh, spray cans in my backpack, and I'm walking down this alleyway, and I'm just thinking. I don't care who pulls up to me. If somebody mad dogs me or something happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna blast somebody. Damn. That's that's how I was thinking. My mind was totally fried. Like I just didn't care about anything, and I was just filled with so much anger. So I'm graffitiing on these walls, whatever, just tagging on them, and and uh, so LA. Yeah, yeah. So check this out. As I'm walking through this alley, there's this group of like three or four guys, and they're like smoking and stuff. And I'm like, let these dudes mad dog me and ask me where I'm from, and it's going down right now. Like, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm gonna kill somebody. You're done, yeah. So I'm walking by them, and I'm just like, I'm walking by them, and I'm just mad dogging them, like, mm. you know, doing this. And they didn't look at me. And I'm like, they must have known this little crazy dude must be strapped. <laughs> There's no way this little young dude's gonna be mad dogging me like that. So by the grace of God, they didn't look at me. But check this out. So now I'm on this main street. It's called Puente Avenue. And I'm graffitiing on this on this on this big wall in, in in the city of Bassett, right? So here I am graffitiing on this wall, rival territory, boom ba boom. And as I'm graffitiing on this wall, I hear, and I'm like, oh. So I think it's a police officer. I drop the can. I put my hands in the air, and I'm like, yo, all right. And then all of a sudden, he's like, hey, what you have your hands in the air for, homie? And I'm like, oh, so I'm about to. Think I could do like a Clint Eastwood, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now I'm like, I'm in my mind, I'm tripping, and uh, I turn around. This dude's all tatted in his face and everything. And he's like, you know, he asked me like, "How, man, what you doing out on these streets?" I'm like, "Man, just, uh, you weren't saved." Beep beep beep. And it wasn't tongues. Like, oh, I'm just saying everything that I need to say. And he's like, he's like, um, are you ready to die tonight? That's what he asked me. And I said, I don't give a dang. Like, <laughs> kill me. I said, kill me. 
I said, the girl I was dating uh, committed suicide. I, I started treating him like he was Dr. Phil. Oh, he starts sharing everything. Like, I, started, I don't know what. I'm like, <laughs> the girl I was dating committed suicide. I'm like, my homie was killed this last week. I said, I got a disease. <laughs> He's like, hold up. <laughs> don't touch me. I've had over 70 surgeries. Like, I don't know. I started sharing everything. I'm like, I don't care. Kill me. Kill me. Yeah. He, goes, he, he asked me, how old are you? I said, I'm 16. About to be 17. <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, man, uh, go home and play with your Power Rangers, he tells me. Oh, like, you're just a little kid. If I kill you, you're, you, you nobody's even going to care about you. Dang. You ain't going to matter to anybody on these streets. So I remember he le- he just left. Yeah. I jump over the wall. I'm running down the, the street area. And I'm, I'm feeling like Superman, man. I'm like, you can't touch this, dude. <laughs> I'm like, man, nobody wants to mess with me. I remember sneaking into my bedroom. I hear somebody crying in the living room, and it's my dad. Mm-hmm. And I open up the door, and I'm like, Dad, what you crying about? And he said, I had a dream, son. I'm like, okay, Martin Luther King. <laughs> you had a dream. He's like, no, I had a dream that, that you died tonight. Somebody put a gun to your face. And he goes, and, and before I could even help you, I was trying to help you. I couldn't get there in time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't want to have to bury you, son. Like, I don't want to have to visit you in prison. I don't want to, you know. And I, I'm like, were you following me? Like, because it tripped me out that yeah. he said that. Long story short, he says, son, tomorrow is that revival about this evangelist that I've been telling you about. You need to come to church. Tomorrow's Wednesday night. So I was like, we'll see. Whatever. So now it's the next night. I go. I'm sitting in the back. I got my white tee on. I got my black hat, you know, you know, with, with the, you know, letters that represent the gang that I was trying to be from and all, you know. And I'm sitting back there and I'm on my Nokia phone playing Snake. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> As I'm in the back seat. You know, back row, backslider row, they call it. <laughs> the evangelist is preaching, and I'm hearing him, and the Lord said, God will touch you and change your life. <laughs> and he's going, like, he's going nuts. And I look up, and I'm like, man, it's T.D. Jakes here, right? And it's this white dude, blue eyes, <laughs> blue suit on with gator boots. And I'm like, what the, this guy had the wrong fruit. <laughs> what the heck? Like, how is this guy preaching like he's a brother? You know? yeah. And, um. So now I'm like kind of like laughing, but I want to continue playing my snake game because, you know, you want to beat that high score. <laughs> and as he's preaching, he tells me, young men in the back. He's talking to me. I just don't know it yet because I'm playing. God has a plan for you. And I'm just like, and the person next to me says, hey, Will, he's talking to you. And I'm like, what? He's like, black hat. I'm like, white shirt. That's me. <laughs> yeah. He goes, God has a plan for you. Stop running. So I did what I knew best. I got up. I ran out right the back. Because <laughs> I'm like. With his, with his strap still on his back. <laughs> I'm in, now I'm in, the, I'm in the foyer area. And, you know, Usher so-and-so is coming up to me like, hey, brother. And I'm like, Don't call me brother. Like, my brother. Hey, brother, get back in there. I'm like, you ain't my brother. So then my dad comes out. My dad's like, hey, son, come on, get back in there. I'm like, no, who does this guy think he is calling me out in front of everybody? And he's like, you're that important. That God would stop the service mm. just to speak right to you. That's so good. And I'm like, yeah, okay, like this—that's ridiculous. So I don't even want to hear it. And I realized that I left my backpack in the church oh. under my seat, and in that backpack is a bunch of stuff you're not supposed to have. Yeah, have church. church. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta go get that. So I tell my dad, hey dad, can you go get my backpack for me? And he's like, no, I'm not gonna go get that for you. You go get it yourself. So I'm like. Dang. So I run back in the church, and as I just right when I get back in, 
the evangelist is like, you came back. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, heck no. Everyone so now turned. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running to get the, the backpack. And as I get it, I'm, I'm about to hit the back door. And he says, the devil tried to take your voice away. Dang. And I froze. Because, like. He didn't know anything. He doesn't know me. Yeah. The devil tried to take your voice away. Young man, you have a voice for the nations. And the years that the devil tried to silence you, God is giving you those years back. Mm. He goes, you got a voice for the nations. You got a voice for the world. God's calling you to preach the gospel. He goes, you're going to sing and you're going to rap for Jesus. <laughs> the only rapping that I knew how to do was Christmas, right? <laughs> and me and my buddy used to be in the car and we used to throw some beats on and freestyle and yeah. mess around. But literally, man, it's crazy. But that was my that was my day where I didn't even I didn't even say a prayer to receive Christ in my life. That dude touched me and I literally hit the ground. I was just weeping. Damn. Something broke off me that day. But I never did a sinner's prayer. Yeah. I, I don't even know if I'm saved today. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't never did it. <laughs> I never did it. You know, but uh it's crazy. Like I literally did have that moment where I believed in my heart. Mm. Like I, I truly yeah. believed that Jesus had died for me. Yeah. Like, but it wasn't a prayer. It was just like God did something in my life that day. And, um, you know, I'll fast forward. Um, there was opportunities for God to just use me, uh, within, within months, God started to open up some crazy doors. And if you guys have any questions about that and the whole music thing, we could talk about that too, but that that was my encounter. That was a long way of sharing that. No, that's cool. Like I, I know, I think of Miranda, or I think it was Priscilla who said something when, "Oh, that's Squeaky G." I said, "Who's Squeaky G?" <laughs> hey, delete that. Squeaky <laughs> G. I was like, "What is that?" But then they said, "You even." Uh, Miranda was saying you used to rap and sing, and even just before we started, just that little worship set. You know that's cool how God uses your voice and the the, the just the prophecy that that guy said. You know, giving your years back and being able to use your voice right. um, to to reach the nations, to reach people, and so to me that's dope. Like it's a cool yeah. thing to see that, but also like I know when you went, did you go straight into like Christian rap or like Christian <laughs> yeah. anything, or was it just so? Uh, it's crazy. That evangelist was going to be doing a crusade in L.A. a month and a half after I had just met him that night. And while I was on the ground weeping, he said, a matter of fact, you're going to be rapping at my crusade next month. He goes, there's going to be over 2,000 people and you're going to rap at it. Damn. And I'm like, what the <laughs> heck? So I didn't, I didn't know what the heck he was talking about. He got my dad's number. He called my dad like literally almost every other day. Hey, is Will ready for next month? He's going to rap. I didn't know what to do. So I started listening to, you know, all my favorite rappers, 50 Cent, Job, <laughs> uh, Tupac. And I just started switching up the lyrics every time they said, like, baby, I just add Jesus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So my songs were like, yo, yo, sexy Jesus. <laughs> like, I didn't know what to do. So, um, I, I just started stealing lyrics from other rappers and I put them to, to songs and, um, one of the first songs <laughs> that I, that I, that I did, like I started, I don't know. I just started writing these things like off a show with it. I, don't know, <laughs> like, I didn't know what to do. So, um, I, uh, I put these, this song together and then he had me rap at this crusade. And when I rap after I rap, 
he comes up on the stage. Like, remember, I don't know. I know a lot about Jesus because I was raised, raised in, church, in it. Yeah. But I never had my personal encounter with him. And it wasn't until I was literally 16, 16 years old that something just dramatically changed in my life. Mm. And um, he comes up after I had rapped the song and he's like, um, hey, so you couldn't speak as a kid. And I'm like, no. And he goes, and now you're rapping for Jesus. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, man, this is powerful. Like, you had no voice, and now you're using your voice for the Lord. And this is amazing. How many surgeries did you have? Like, this is crazy. Yeah. And people are clapping and stuff. And then I get off the stage, and there was this company that just had started called NOTW, Not of This World. Yeah. And the owner of NOTW was there. And they, they call me on over. And they're like, hey, we would like to just talk to you about what, what you do and what your story is. And I'm like, all right, sure. TBN was there. Dang. And they had this thing called Juice TV back in the day, which was for young adults and stuff. And 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 Juice they TV. had somebody there, and they're like, hey, can we have you come on our show uh, this next week and share your story? We have an opening. Dang. And I'm like, sure. Literally, I kid you not, NOTW ended up wanting to make me one of their sponsored artists. So Damn. I ended up getting sponsored by NOTW within a month. Mm. I ended up being on TBN and then on, on these radio stations sharing my story. And it first became about my story before it ever did about my music. Mm. So I wasn't a rapper yet. Yeah. I just had 50 Cent Jaw Rules and Tupac <laughs> song on lock. <laughs> then I had to figure out, people were like, man, you need to write your own stuff now. Like literally write from scratch. So like within a month, two months, I was just writing every day, Damn. creating content, like writing songs. My songs were lame, bro. <laughs> so weak. But actually, compared to today's hip hop, they were probably legit. You know about what the same. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what they're saying. But um, I started writing these songs, and then before you know it, man, um, NOTW was like, "Hey, how would you like to go on tour here and there and there and there?" Before you knew it, I was I was on stage with guys like. Um, you know, Skillet and um, um, Switchfoot and all yeah. these bands because NOTW was sponsoring these guys and they were sponsoring me. So you're part. You're probably the only rapper out I of all of them. The only yeah. rapper at the time. Then they brought on gay guys. Like, uh, guys. Cut that. Cut that out. Not just play. Keep it all in. They brought on these guys. They brought on KJ52. KJ52. Yeah. Back in the day. Uh, and then they started bringing on some of the other other guys that were out there at the time, Ambassador, you know, The Truth, things like that. Yeah, that's so a back in those days. I, 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 what is the gangster? Uh, old, old, yeah, cross T-bone. movement. Yeah, T Bone. T Bone was actually my dad's neighbor. That's crazy. Yeah, growing up, <laughs> I thought he was tight. I'm like, oh, T Bone. So, uh, anyways, it started like that, and and, and <coughs> ended up putting me on a tour, and then I got invited uh, to do a European tour. So I did, you know, UK, Spain. Yeah. He was going know, everywhere. Estonia, Poland. And then by the time I was 19, I had traveled to 22 different countries. <laughs> I had already been over 40 different states touring with hip-hop groups, bands, yeah. NOTW, TBN was putting me on. Like, God started opening up crazy doors. And that's how the ministry started for me. Yeah, and then I think that's when, when you went to UK is when you got your first um, pastor's job, right? Or uh, yeah, yeah. staff Dude, job. It, it's, cr- it's crazy <laughs> the way things happen. And obviously, you know, you were talking about people that are even in this room that that, that knew me uh, back then. Like, I was 
totally trying to figure out my identity then. Mm. I didn't even know what being saved looked like. I just jumped in and I just did yeah. what I was being asked to do. Yeah. So in that season, I was always falling short. Yeah. You know, this cute girl over here. Yeah. You know, hey, what's up, girl? Yeah. Like, hey, all I know, I know, yeah. it do me. <laughs> so uh, I was, I, I didn't know how to serve God. I didn't know how to stay committed. I didn't know how to, how to, how to truly balance everything out. And and I was just walking by faith, you yeah. know, by my own faith. And then I, there was a switch where I, I started to learn. Hey, your faith is not in yourself. It has to be in Jesus. You got to you got to you got to learn how to how to how to walk this thing out. Yeah. Like in in the way that Christ would want me to. So I started to pick up my own Bible and started to read and started to learn more about Jesus. But I, I kid you not, man, I was literally an evangelist learning as I was going. Man. Cuz you didn't get any training. You no just training. went straight to the stage and, and 2000 people was just yeah, first time. And the church that I grew up in like the, even the training they would have probably gave me at the time was like, "Oh, you're ready to preach. Go." Dang. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, hey, no, no joke. You stopped doing drugs three weeks ago. Good job. <laughs> the, 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 next, the next conference they did, they did they used to do these big conferences. They literally ordained me as an evangelist. Bro, I was still smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like, I didn't even know how to I didn't even know how, I'm a I'm a preacher. The, the weed pastor. <laughs> like, it was bad. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Dang. Like, and that's why I have so much grace for people. Yeah. That are still like even in these like half in, half out lifestyles because yeah. I realized like, man, I was that guy. Mm, that's good. I was that person, but somebody had to like take me in, settle me down, and say, Hey, Will, like this is what the walk is all about. Yeah. This is what God's calling you to do. Like that's so good. Like, so I, I was learning as I was going. Yeah. I would say speak about like so uh, I've always kind of served like young adults ministries and stuff like that, but it always seems like everyone has an excuse whenever it comes to wanting to serve. Oh, I, I got to give up weed first. I got to give up pornography. I got to give up all this before I can actually, God can actually use me. Sure. But I don't, I don't think that's always the case. I think that in your case, like God was using you even though you were still participating in some of the things of the world. Oh uh, yeah. So I, I would say this for anybody who is on the cliff about, hey, should I even consider serving because I know I still struggle in this area? I would say dive in, yeah. get involved, get connected because I believe as you build community, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's also opportunity for cleansing yeah. Yeah. because God's going to put the right people around you to encourage you, to, to build you up. Um, and it, it doesn't always work out the best. No. I've no. had situations where I told people like, hey, get involved. And then they almost ruined my whole church. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, I let that person get involved. Yeah. They done messed up. They done slept with so-and-so. So. Like, it is crazy. Like, it is messing up around yeah. here. My goodness, they done brought Jack Daniels to the green room. Like, this is getting crazy. So, Tim, you can't bring Jack Daniels tonight. <laughs> so, um, uh, you're going to... I would say in ministry, though, we can't be so inclusive. We can't be yeah. so closed off to yeah. where, hey, this is only to the perfect ones or this is to the ones that got it all down packed and they're not messing around anymore. Yeah. They got themselves fully focused. I believe in accountability. I believe in growth. I believe in 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 um, expectation. Yeah. Um, I believe in accountability. 
at the same time, I believe in discipleship. Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I believe in growth. Yeah. Uh, I believe Progression. in strengthening and conditioning. I believe in c- encouraging and yeah. encouraging, and I believe in building up. Uh, I also believe that there's people out there that want to be used, but that don't know what they're doing or how to do it. Mm-hmm. So in that is how do we give someone an opportunity to get involved, but also give them an opportunity to know, Hey, this is the requirements to serving. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and sometimes you're going to fall, you're going to make mistakes, but this is where if you're going to be serving with me. We're, we're in partnership now. Yeah. I'm going to help you. I'm going to, I'm going to build you up. And as a pastor now, I'm dealing with hundreds of people that have hundreds of issues. Yeah. So, all these different personalities, all these different issues, like, but how do I meet people right where they're at and be Christ to them? Because you're going to have people who are, they have the faith of the woman with the two mics and they're going to give. Then you have people that are getting caught in adultery. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You have, you have people that are, we're going to go to prison and death with you. And then they're denying Jesus, betraying Jesus mm. with their actions. And I always have to remember, what did Christ do to the woman caught in adultery? What did Christ do with the woman who gave with all that faith? Yeah. What did Christ do with, with Peter who denied him? You know? Yeah. Like I it's it goes back to those basics. So for me it's 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 I, I would tell that young adult, I would tell that person that feels like they're on the edge, they want to get involved, but they don't know how. I, I would just say, Hey, get involved, but be willing to grow. Yeah. Be willing to be stretched. Yeah. You know? <coughs> it's not always gonna go your way. It's not always going to look good. It's not always going to look clean. <laughs> yeah. But give your heart to Jesus and, and surround yourself with people who, who care about you enough to tell you the truth. Yeah. You know, and um, try to have some thick skin sometimes. Yeah. You know? Be able to be corrected. Right. And, and that's the thing I like for, for because I have that same mentality that I don't have it all together. We shared last night, like, man, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to ask the Holy Spirit, show me how to do this thing. And when you have that attitude, it's a a little bit to me, I feel like it's easier to love on people where they're at, to use people where they're at. Right. But I think a lot of times when it comes to church folks, Mm -hmm. that's why it, it pushes a lot of that younger generation away who are trying to serve God with just a little bit that they do have. Sometimes us church people can get a little too judgmental and be like, well, they don't have it all together yet. Right. But I think like what, just like what what Will said is it's progressing, learning to, to grow through these things, learning to, to get better and wanting to get better. And so nobody has it all together as a pastor. I don't have it all together. Right. But our job is to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to love people where they're at, um, whether they're smoking weed, but they came to church. You know, I share this story all the time. One of our, our, our ladies here was like, man, pastor, I only drank two beers this week and I celebrated this. Is when I first came, I was like, man, good job. And one of the elders was like, well, what you mean? Good job. You know, why are you celebrating that? Like, what do you mean? Like I say, but you don't know. She just said she drank a case last week. Right. Yeah. This week she went down to two, like just two cans. And you have to celebrate those wins, celebrate those little milestones. Like, but sometimes us church people don't see that as wins. Right. We think you have to be completely free. This is the year yeah. of freedom. Be free. Yeah. Like freedom is a process. Wow. It doesn't happen overnight. And so that's one thing that I, I loved about you. And just even having conversation is seeing that heart to love people where they're at. Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm also big in that. Like, dude, just love them. And then as you serve, you draw closer to God. 
mm-hmm. right? You start having a relationship with them. Like, that's why I use some of the people who get out the pen, you know? Yeah. I'm like, you be secure. You can't be with the kids back there, but <laughs> you can do security. <laughs> like, and use them where they're at. And as they're there at church, God is speaking to them. So that's just something that I've learned and I, I saw and I took that from you yesterday as well that, man, we have to use people where they're at. Right. And so, like, even just that in ministry, you go from rapping from from your testimony to getting to evangelists calling you out um calling you oh he came back like that, that like that kind of stuff and then going into to traveling into ministry when when did you start like actually pastoring um yeah, the church so uh it's crazy but now it's been uh it's been about 15 going on 16 years that i took on my first position as a youth pastor mm. uh it just so happens that I was doing some ministry out in uh, the UK and Europe, uh, went, like I did a little thing in Spain, did some stuff out in um, in London. And while I was there, uh, I did this concert. All these young people got saved. I got some crazy stories. I ended up doing a concert <laughs> at a at a at like a, a pub at a bar, right? At, a, at like a, a young nightclub type deal. Christian meet like a Christian? I did my my thing oh, in shoot. a crazy secular setting. Dang. But like I was I there was a time where I got so sold out like I was just crazy for Jesus, yeah. right? And so you put me in the setting where everybody's getting lit and I'm like, "Hey, listen, ain't there's no high like the most high Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you might be getting lit right now, but I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will light you up." <laughs> like, God will change your life. I'm telling you, that drink ain't going to do it for you for the rest of your life. It's only going to last tonight. You old sinner. It'll last forever, right? Like, it wasn't judgment. It was more of like, I'm telling you, taste and see that he is better. Mm, that's good. That he's better. That he's yeah. like, so I was at this club, like, and and I did that. And the, this girl comes to me. She goes, oh, my gosh. I'm actually, um, I'm actually from Pasadena. I'm not supposed to be here in Spain. <laughs> lit the way that I'm getting lit. <laughs> and she's like, well, what you just said changed my life. Like, I need, <coughs> I need Jesus. Can you please pray for me? And I'm over here praying for people in the middle of a nightclub bar. Dang. Like, and that's how that happened. So the next day, I fly on over to the UK. And as I fly there, I'm ministering at this place again. Um, it, it wasn't like a, a Christian setting again. And now there's over 120 young people that are surrendering their lives to Jesus at the end. You know, people are drinking. I'm like, yo, listen, I want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus. Like, man, he changed my life. So that's like the evangelist in me, right? So I'm telling people about how God changed my life. I want to invite, can I pray for you? So we pray for him. The next day, I'm on my way to Heathrow Airport. And as I'm on my way, I'm talking to this this pastor, and I'm saying, hey, who's going to do the follow-up for all those people that got saved yesterday? And he's like, oh, we, we don't have anybody right now. <laughs> and I'm like, Follow the Lord. <laughs> How are you going to get 120 people saved and no not follow, have no, no follow-up? Follow like, what is going on? Like, that's a whole church. <laughs> so what ends up happening is uh, I end up getting to the airport. And when I get to the airport, I felt like the Holy Spirit just told me, Will, you need to stay. You're the follow-up. <laughs> and I'm like, you lying, Holy Spirit. You lying. So I ended up calling my mom. I get on the payphone back then. And I'm like, hey, mom. I'm like, I need your help. We need to cancel all these events that I have for the next month. I'm going to stay here for a month. That month ended up almost turning into about a year and a half. 
I ended up calling that pastor back. I said, hey, turn around. He's like, well, you left your bag. I'm like, no, you left me. He's like, what? <laughs> I said, I feel like the Lord's wanted me to stay and help you. So that's where I became a youth pastor. Mm. God had opened up doors. I had almost a million dollars donated to me to help with the youth ministry that I was at out there. Like it was crazy yeah. stuff was happening. Crazy stuff. Like I was able to take these kids to the movies every day. Like <laughs> things were just happening. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where I, I took on my first pastoral position. And then from there I knew I was called to do crazy, amazing things. Yeah. What age was that, that you started youth pastoring? So I was, I was 19. I was about to oh, be 19. Yeah. 19 years old. Now, were you married at already or no? Married yet. no oh, okay. I, I hadn't met my wife till two and a half years later. Oh, okay. So how long you been married now? That's 11 years. 11 years. And then four, four boys now, right? Congrats. Uh, Will just got, had a, another addition to the crew. Yeah. Got him a whole baseball squad coming up. I got four boys. Uh, my oldest, Ezra, he's eight going on nine. Then I got Zion, who is six going on seven. I got Zayden, who is five going on six. And then I got Ezekiel, who is six weeks old. Yeah, six weeks old. My boy putting in work. <laughs> no, but that, I, I love, that's why I want to go to there is when you, you went into ministry and you've been doing ministry for 16 years, I think you said 16 years of ministry. Something that I, I always ask pastors, and I think I shared this last night, is um, how do you manage being a great dad, a great husband, uh, a great pastor, um, and then also a great evangelist who who goes all over and speaks. How do you manage all that's on your plate? Um, so I begin to realize that um, for me, myself, it's others might see me as the great evangelist, the great minister, the great pastor, the great father, the great husband, um, the great leader. And I, the way I see myself is like, man, I wish I was a better pastor. Hmm. I wish I was a better father. I wish I was a better husband. I wish I was a better evangelist. I yeah. wish I was a better leader. The way others see me and the way I see myself, the way others see you maybe and the way you see yourself, it so, so many times it can be totally opposite from what people are actually saying about you. And um, I begin to, every, every day I, I begin to reevaluate myself. I'm like, okay, what am I doing right now that is benefiting my children? What am I doing right now that's benefiting my marriage? What am I doing right now that is benefiting the church? What am I doing right now that, that is that's benefiting, you know, what I do on social media and what I do uh, throughout the world with the gospel? And then am, is what I'm doing right now what I want to be doing forever? Is what I'm doing right now going to sustain me as a husband? Is what am I going to, what am I doing right now going to sustain me as a father, as a pastor, as a leader? I begin to reevaluate and look at different things. I do this on a, a daily basis. Like I'm mm. constantly reevaluating myself and relooking at what I'm doing, and and I I critique myself in ways that sometimes is unhealthy, mm. but at the same time it creates a greater accountability on on myself mm. because. I never want to get to the point where I'm like, oh, yeah, I made it. I got it all together. I don't need no work on my, on my marriage. Yeah. Like, dude, I need a lot of work on my marriage. <laughs> like, if you want to know how much work I need, just call my wife. <laughs> She'll tell you how much, how much work I need. Right? Um, it, it's, it's, it's one of those deals where a lot of – but a lot of people looking on the outside would say, man, your marriage looks complete. You're, you're, you're 
fathering looks amazing. Like yeah. your church looks insanely great. Like yeah. your ministry traveling, like you look awesome. You look happy and excited. And it's not that it, like, there's not, it's there's highs, but there's also the lows. There's mm-hmm. the reality that I'm constantly learning. Yeah. I don't have it all together. I'm, I'm still figuring it out. Even though I've been doing it for so many years, I feel like I'm just beginning. Mm. Uh, I'm constantly having to go back to the drawing board mm. and say, where can you grow? Where, mm. where can you become better? Yeah. And then it's surrounding myself with people that see my blind spots. Mm. It's surrounding myself with people that I tell them, hey, don't be afraid to tell me the truth. If you feel like I'm messing up or I'm falling in this area, you got to tell me. Mm. Don't let me fall. Yeah. Um, we're in this together type deal. My wife and I, we just, you know, we celebrated our 11 years. We're out at Pismo Beach. We're hanging out. And um, the conversation that we had for about eight hours was all the things that I need to fix and work on. And mm. I'm, I'm telling her, tell me the areas where you feel like you need help or where I'm lacking. And it, the conversation was very long mm. because there are so many areas where I'm not seeing those blind spots. And maybe even the people that I gave permission to see those blind spots, they're not seeing it. My wife lives with me every day. Mm. She's she the knows one that you better. knows better than anybody, mm-hmm. right? So she's like, yo, I asked you to take the trash out the other day, and you sat on the couch for the next 20 minutes. I wanted you to do it right away. I'm like, I can't do everything right away. I ain't a genie. (laughs) Uh, But I could have, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just, sometimes you want to, that's just a funny example, but there's so many areas where it's like, Hey, you can, you can do it direct. You can do it quick. There's ways you can respond. There's ways that you can be. So I'm constantly finding myself evolving and growing and wanting to become better. Yeah. The moment when I think that I got it all together again, then then I, f- I I fail, and I believe the lie that the enemy is feeding me mm. that that I don't need to grow anymore. Yeah. That I've made it. That that, that that's it. And, and I think that's the biggest lie the enemy loves to feed this generation mm. is to think that there's nothing you need to fix. You know it all. Mm. Yeah. You got it all together. And it's like I I get it. We lack no good thing in Jesus, right? Yeah. Scripturally, I have everything that I need in Christ Jesus. You know. Um, the same power that has conquered the grave is dwelling on the inside of me. Yes, you know, you can do all things through Christ Jesus. But let's be real. Every day are we are we like putting on that spiritual armor and walking out like, yeah. ah, ah, oh, the Lord is dwelling on the inside of me. Let's do this today. Let's conquer. Let's conquer the day. Like, let's be honest. Sometimes I get out of the bed and I'm like, I don't want to do nothing. <laughs> I just want to chill today. Yeah. I don't want to hear anybody. I don't want to counsel anybody. Yeah. I don't want to answer my phone. I don't want to FaceTime. I don't even, kids, you want to you want to play baseball? Okay, you drive yourself to the baseball park. Yeah. Right? It's like, you, there's days where you just feel like, man, you know, you just want to chill. You just want to relax. A lot of times it's giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out. And that's where it's important to make sure you're getting fed, to make sure you're getting encouraged, mm. making sure, I don't care if it's on YouTube or in your car listening to the radio. Or, or, yeah. or getting in your word, we need to continually renew our minds, get refocused, reevaluate where we're at, and get into the word. Mm, that's good. You have anything to? Oh, I appreciate like not answering like the Christianese answer. Oh, I fasted forty days and forty nights, and that's how I was able to stay. I did, and it didn't ministry. work. <laughs> that's how I was able to become a rapper and all this. But um, you're vulnerable and be able to say that 
man, I got blind spots because we all do. We were talking about this a couple of days ago. Like our wives are the best at seeing those those blind spots, and I'm just thankful that you you were open and vulnerable about that. That um, because a lot of people see that, and that's one of the reasons they quit. Mm. is they see the highlights especially with social media oh yeah you got a great social media page you got all your highlights up there of you preaching and that's awesome but i'm glad that you were able to speak into like i don't have it all together and i probably right. never will and but that's why i got jesus so i appreciate that yeah yeah i mean i i like that too cause he shared that last night about blind spots because it's true we all have blind spots and i think it's pastor mike who's always said this pastor mike todd says there's nothing like a hit that you don't see coming right yeah. and oh. so if you have people there who's like hey there's something coming this way hey something's coming this way it's always having somebody there to tell you the truth mm-hmm. i think nowadays it's kind of hard especially in a pastor role some people are like well, i don't know if i respectful to say that to the pastor or yeah. i don't know if i should tell the pastor but i think you need that you need people who tell you like hey man like chill like hey watch this spot or watch this person or watch right. how you're doing this watch how you talk to this person because we all can grow yeah. we all can learn we all can uh, get better at this thing and so even just like that answer when i asked you like how do we manage that like it's true like we have to we've we were talking about this the other day spend time with your significant other you know spend time up you might have to say this is something i can say i relate to pastor will on this is i am a yes man i do hey can you do this yes can you do this yes can you do this yes someone once told me you have to have a ministry of no if you don't have a ministry of no, you're going to burn out. You're going to yeah. get tired. Your marriage is going to suffer. Everything else is going to crumble while you're out here just saying, yes, 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 yes. And you're getting tired. And so that's something that I love. Even watching your IG and you with your sons and uh, your boy, it's a good example that you can have fun with as being a dad, as a pastor, a leader, a traveler who goes and speaks the gospel. Like it can, it is possible to have fun, follow God and do everything that God has called you to do with the uh, energy like i said what was the, the energy's up there all the time you know like it's like i need 10 of these ghosts for the for the holy ghost to kick in <laughs> like but you're you're always there and and that's the good thing that i admire and so when we wanted to have this faith conference i was like uh, first of all the testimony itself just i was like that's it man I, I gotta have this guy down here and we gotta have uh you know all, you on the podcast we didn't i don't think we started the podcast yet did we start the podcast yet before i asked him i don't think we even started it we've only been doing this two months oh yeah so this is like our 12th or some episode or so, so we try to do one every week. And so, but I like, man, once we do this, let's throw them on here and, and right. share your, your testimony. Cause I mean, people hear testimony on time and some people hate preaching about their testimony all the time. It's like, bro, I'm tired of sharing this thing, but on a it's new, it's fresh to someone else. Yeah. And to me, I was like, dude, that's dope. Like that many surgeries and still, and then just the encounter of, you know, you graffitiing, I was like, can I hand you a spray can and go tag this wall out here before we get evicted? No, just like, like those things. And even, <laughs> even having the faith to just like what we were doing, singing and saying, Hey, this the building that God has for you. Right. You know, God has a building for you. Have faith to do those things. Yeah. And so we need brothers like that. You know, even uh, we talk, having that connection outside of just this conference, sure. you know, yeah. continuing to, to do that. And I'm good. I'm very relational. I want to have relationships yeah. with other pastors and like, Hey man, I need prayer this week, man. Or get up that morning. Cause some days I feel like that, man, I don't want to do nothing with this church today. Like I just yeah. want to chill and relax, turn my phone off and that's it. Like go to Pismo to our new friend who has a beach house. <laughs> <laughs> Three free nights. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but awesome. we appreciate you, man. Uh, Pastor Will, I know 
time is running thin because we got a conference tonight, and I want you to get some rest. But we appreciate you from Basa, just your testimony, your just your willingness, your your yes to God to come out here and deliver uh, God's mail to us here in Fresno. Because Fresno needs it right now. We we going through a lot out here in the city, and we need uh, fresh faith from God. And so, yeah. Tim, you got any last words? Nah, man, I'm appreciative of you, man. It's <coughs> definitely encouraged me. Like, for someone to use, what were you, like, 18, 19, when God was started doing radical things in your yeah. life, using you all across in these crusades and stuff like that, like, how much more does he want to do with people that are involved with the ministry that I'm in, right. myself, anybody, like, I'm just beyond encouraged yeah. with your testimony, your life, and I'm excited for tonight, for the yeah. faith conference. It's going to be exciting. That's where you got some. Yeah, I, you know, maybe you're watching right now and you think, like, man, where I'm at in my life, I really can't. Uh, respond the way I want to respond or maybe I can't do the things that I feel like I'm called or or that people prophesy or tell me that I can do and and, and you you look at someone like me and you say well will it seems like you had it bad before but you got it good now you got it made uh, I always tell people like this if I played some highlights of my life even in the last two months you'd probably say, oh my gosh, I never want to go to your church and I never want you to be my pastor. <laughs> and then I look at you and I'd probably say, let me see your highlights. If I saw your life, I probably wouldn't want to be your pastor. <laughs> uh, the reality is we all struggle. We're all going through things. We're all growing. We're all, we all have these areas in our life where we need someone to speak into us. We need encouragement, but at the same time, we need to be renewing our minds yeah. and getting our, our focus on the things of Christ and knowing that it's it's not by our works, it's not by our, our great deeds that salvation comes, but it's through what Christ has done upon the cross, him living the perfect and holy life, dying the sinner's death, raising back to life and accomplishing all that on our behalf. And we just believe and receive it. And then we go from there and we walk by faith and not by sight. Because mm -hmm. if we look by sight, then we're going to see every issue. We're going to mm -hmm. see every problem. We're going to see every storm and we're going to take our eyes off of Jesus and we're going to begin to sink. Uh, but the goodness of God, even in that moment, he reaches out and he catches us before we can drown. Yeah. Uh, that's the goodness and the grace of God. So wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, know that you don't have it, have to have it all together, but you have to trust God and know that he's holding you together, that he has a perfect plan and he has a, a perfect future and he has your life and, and your family in mind and he, and he has the best for you. So surrender everything to Jesus, focus in on who he is and allow him uh, to guide you and give you the rest for your soul. Man, let's go. You about to preach right now. <laughs> Tim got saved right now. <laughs> Tim, you Tim, would you like to receive Jesus right now? <laughs> We're gonna baptize you right now in the in the bathroom sink. <laughs> nah, but <clears throat> man, Pastor Will, we appreciate you. Um just just the like we said, the heart and desire, the passion that you have for God, for the people of God, um, just to see and experience God, man. And so that we we admire that. We are excited for tonight. We're expecting great things. I've, I was just telling these guys, man, people were texting. like, Man, we're excited for tonight. We're ready to go. And, uh, man, thanks for coming on the Boss Podcast. Thanks for, uh, you know, sharing your testimony, your story. And we pray, if you're watching, man, we pray that God touches you, that his favor, his uh, His hand is upon your life. And as you listen to this thing, man, this is what we're big on, this uh, receiving Christ, man. We're big on saving souls. And so if it touched you in any way, hit us up uh, on the, in the comments, on the DMs, whatever. As you see these reels, man, we love y'all. We 
appreciate every single one of y'all for uh, liking, subscribing. We just reached what, over 100 subscribers in less than two months. And so God's moving and God's doing something. But hey, if you don't have anywhere to be or anything to watch, because this is going to be already recorded, go uh, to our YouTube channel. I'll put the links in the bio. Catch the message that Pastor Will about to speak tonight. It's going to be fire. We're ready to, to charge our faith. And Tim's, we're about to go baptize Tim right now in the bathroom and sink right now in Jesus' name. Nah, but we love y'all. Hey, we appreciate you. Timmy B, Pastor Will here, P. Fool, man, we love y'all. We're out. Let's go. Let's go.